Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's the Jeff Wagner Show. Come join the conversation on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. Now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. It is my great pleasure to be joined in our studios by the Republican candidate for governor in what is shaping up as one of the most expensive and I think one of the closest races, if not the closest race in the country, Tim Michaels. Tim, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Jeff, it's great to be on. Thanks for having me on today. And uh, hello to everybody out there. It's a beautiful fall Wisconsin day. Enjoy it while it lasts. And right? you have been all <laughs> over Wisconsin. I mean, I just looking at your schedule, it just I get tired just looking at all the different places you've been. Uh, you know what? I love it. I really do. And my, my wife, Barbara, goes almost everywhere with me as well. We're really enjoying crisscrossing the state. We've been everywhere from Superior down to Kenosha, from Sheboygan to La Crosse, Fond du Lac, Wausau, everywhere in between. The response has just been incredible. It's very enthusiastic. It really helps energize me and, and my wife and the campaign. What we're hearing out there is people are ready for a change. They're frustrated with the direction of government. They're frustrated with the weak leader that we have as governor right now. And uh, that, that certainly helps. So it, it's a beautiful time of year to be all over the state. But we're, we're putting in a lot of miles. I'm making three or four stops a day minimum. On a good day, we'll do seven or eight. I want to use the opportunity to talk to you about a number of issues, including maybe some that, that don't get the attention that others do on, on the ads and stuff. I, I want to start off talking about the, the COVID response. Um, I, I was talking to friends of mine who own a, own a jewelry store in um, Dodge County. And w- once COVID hit, Tony Evers shut them down. And so they couldn't operate. But the Walmart at the end of town that sells watches and sells jewelry, that that was that was operating. And they just thought it was just incredibly unfair. If we look back at Evers's response to covid, did he handle it right? And if not, what would you have done if you were governor? Well, let me start off by giving you a little background on what we did at Michael's Corporation during COVID. So we were deemed essential because 85% of our business is energy infrastructure. So, uh, of course, uh, we have to keep the power on. I have a saying, two things need to happen during a pandemic. One, you need food on the shelves at the grocery store. And two, the power has to come on. Maybe this day and age three, you need Amazon, but uh, <laughs> but uh, we, we we were deemed essential. We never stopped working. And my brothers and I, I remember the meetings very clearly in spring of 2020. What are we going to do with our office personnel? Well, we said, you know what? Our, our men and women, they have to go to the job site. You can't pour concrete from home. You can't weld pipe from home. Uh, you, you have to be on the job site. So we have to lead by example. And we had everyone get back into the office as quickly as possible. And hindsight? Hindsight's 2020. That was the right decision. Uh, it was very strong for our culture. It was very strong for the company. It worked for our customers. If I am governor, when I am governor, every business will be deemed essential. Every worker will be deemed essential. Governor Ebers, he, he provided weak leadership on COVID. Uh, it, w- it was scattered, as you just said, in, Jeff, in, in what the response is. One business was deemed to be able to stay open. Another business had to be closed down. There was really no rhyme or reason. It did not make any sense. What I hear from people everywhere I go, business owners, they want something that is consistent. They want something that is predictable. They want to know that government is going to be there for them. And I am a businessman. I know that the hardworking people that are entrepreneurs in this in this state, that they are the driver of our economic engine. I will stand with businesses, and I'll stand with hardworking families as well in this state. That That's what we need 
in, in leadership. That's what people want from their governor. They want to know that they can go to work and that their businesses are going to stay open. And also on that note, that schools are going to stay open as well. Like we could talk about that. There's a tremendous gap right now, two-year gap in learning out there that is going to rear its ugly head someday when we have too many young men, young women, boys and girls that have had such poor education over the two-year period of COVID where they were learning from home and they were masked up at school. So uh, well, that I'm was going to be forward. My, well, that was going to be my follow-up. I mean, what would you have done differently? Because you're right. I think we're now starting to see that the long school shutdowns just did not work, at least as far as the educational thing. So what would you have done differently? Well, I would have provided bold leadership, Jeff. And, and what I mean by that is uh, it, it's easy to just – run through life fearful and say worst case scenario could happen. But we need to have a leader that will stand up and say, we have to educate our kids. We have to have our economy open. We have to have businesses open and working. People need to go to work. Everybody sitting at home is not healthy. And I not only mean that it's not healthy for our economy and not healthy for our state, but it's not healthy for people. It's it's physically unhealthy to, to sit at home all day, and it's uh, psychologically unhealthy to sit at home all day. I believe that work is good. I believe work makes you feel good. You get a satisfaction from work, and it's another initiative that I'm going to have as governor. We are going to get rid of what I call the sofa class. We created an entire class of lazy people during covid People were paid to sit at home, sit on the couch, sit on the sofa. They did it all day, and they had the unemployment check, and they had the stimulus check. And I think somebody said that they could make about $45,000 doing nothing at home. Well, the stimulus dollars have now dried up, but they, they got lazy, and they're content to just sit at home and live off of unemployment. I'm going to change that. Right now, you get 26 weeks of unemployment. That meaning 26 weeks to find a new job. Everywhere I go in this state, I see help wanted signs. Business owners are like, we need more people. It does not take 26 weeks to find a job. It probably takes about 2.6 days. So we are going to end the SOFA class. We're going to get more people back to work. It's healthy for their person. It's healthy for our economy. It's good for the state of Wisconsin. As long as we're talking about education, I know one of the big differences between you and Governor Evers is your approach to to schools in general. Let's talk about school choice and where that fits in if you're governor. Yeah, so right now uh, we have failing schools in Wisconsin. What, what do I mean by that? Barbara and I visited a school just, just north of here, uh, St. Marcus, a private school, doing wonderful things, great test score numbers. The headmaster at that school, he said, Tim, the school a block and a half up the street. Je- Jeff, that's uh, you know less than half a mile from where we are right now. The school a block and a half up the street, the reading comprehension score at that school is zero. Zero. That means not a single kid in that entire school can read. Reading is the foundation to all learning. Reading is the foundation to learning writing and arithmetic. Reading is the foundation to learning math and science. Reading is the foundation to being a productive member of society, to being able to get a job. We are completely failing these boys and these girls if they can't read. So there's nowhere to go but up. We have to do something drastic. We have to do we have to do a, a, a big change. I am for universal school choice. What is that? That empowers parents. Right now, tuition dollars are attached to a building. They're attached to an administration, and there's no one to be held accountable there. Parents show up at a school board meeting, and they're given the stiff arm. They're given the cold shoulder. The educrats say, "We know how to best educate your sons and daughters." Well. If a parent says, I don't like what you're teaching or how you're teaching, they don't have any standing. 
but by parental school choice, they will have standing because those tuition dollars will go with their sons and daughters to the school of their choice. This creates competition. Competition? Competition is a great motivator. In our business, if we're not innovating every day, we're losing. In our business, if we're not trying to figure out how to better serve our customer, our customers are going to go somewhere else. Well, the customers are families. The customers are parents. The customers are sons and daughters, the future leaders of Wisconsin. That's who we need to cater to. And I'm going to empower parents through universal school choice, bring competition into the education marketplace. We have nowhere to go but up when we have schools with a reading comprehension score of zero. So that's a very important initiative. Governor Evers, his his, uh, solution, just throw more money at it, you know, millions more. It's ridiculous uh, 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 that that is always the answer for the liberals, for the left. More money, more money, more money. That is not a business approach. That is not how I'm going to operate as governor. I'm going to be a tremendous steward of the people's money, the taxpayers' money. I'm going to be a fiscal conservative. We are going to get government more efficient, more effective. It's what people want, and they deserve to have a leader and a governor who will do that. Tim Michaels, let's take a very quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about something that's become a major issue in the race. That is crime, parole, Kenosha, all those. We'll take a quick break. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Welcome back. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. We are joined in the studio by Republican gubernatorial candidate Tim Michaels. Tim, uh, let's talk about the the issues of crime. First of all, Tony Evers made no secret of the fact that he wanted to – he bragged about how he was going to reduce the prison population by 50 percent. Now, it seems to me there's only two ways you do that. One is you don't send as many people to prison, and then secondly, you release people that are in prison. That, that's the only way that you can do it. Let's talk about that second aspect first, the, the parole. This has become a, a huge issue. Where has the Evers administration gone off the tracks, in your opinion, with regard to parole? Well, you're, you're right, Jeff. Uh, Governor Evers, he made a campaign pledge four years ago. He's going to cut in half uh, the prison population, and he's well on his way to doing it. At the end of 2021, so you know, that was nine, nine months ago, uh, he had released almost 900 convicted felons on early parole. The shocking part, 270 of them were or are convicted murderers, attempted murderers, and some of those were cop killers. And here, here's the really devastating news. 44 of them are child rapists. Tony Evers and his parole people have released them early, and they are on the streets of Wisconsin today. Why anyone, Tony Evers, any liberal left person, thinks that releasing so many criminals early is a good thing for Wisconsin? I'll tell you, everywhere I go, Jeff, all across the state, people are really, really uh, fired up about, about crime. They want a change. They do not like this coddling of criminals. They don't like these catch-and-release DAs letting these bad guys out on the street the next day. They want somebody who's going to stand with law enforcement. They want, to, they want their person, they want their family, and they want their property to be protected. That's not what's going to happen when you release uh, nearly 900 convicted felons early on parole. How did we get to this spot? I believe that it is a byproduct of the defund the police movement. Jeff, you know, crime came down in America for the past 30 years until two years ago. I think it's because of technology, uh, cameras everywhere, uh, forensic testing, DNA testing. Crime went down and down, which which is great. It's what we want. But all of a sudden, two years ago, there was a tremendous spike in crime. And I believe it's a byproduct of the defund the police movement. How we got to this crazy spot in America where less police is better? 
or cops are bad. Yeah, we're seeing what's happening because of that that cultural movement. We're seeing a huge spike in crime. We're at a 30-year high in crime in Wisconsin. Uh, violent crime, 30-year high. Murder, 30-year high. This has to change. I'm going to change that through proper leadership. Every man and every woman in law enforcement is going to know that the governor himself wore a uniform, albeit a military uniform, for 12 years on active duty as an Army Ranger. But they're going to know that I back the blue, and I'm going to let them do the job that they're trained to do to enforce the law, to treat people with respect. These catch-and-release DAs, I'm going to fire them. Why? Because people do not want these bad guys out on the street the next day where it's proven that they're committing new crimes almost immediately, like happened with the Christmas parade with Daryl Brooks. So I'm going to be tough on crime. We're going to get rule of law back here in the state of Wisconsin. It's what people want. It's what people deserve. To that end... One of the huge problems in, in southeastern Wisconsin in general, and Milwaukee in particular, is car thefts. And one of the things that we're seeing is it, it, thousands and thousands of cars stolen, and about 50% of the people who get caught turn out to be 16 and under. And it's this juvenile justice system that appears to be completely out of whack, where kids steal three and four cars a day, get caught, and then they're released a day or two later. Um, would you be willing to look at some major reform of the juvenile justice system to provide what I'm going to describe as maybe a little more accountability for the the repeat criminals that are out there? Yeah, and it, you know, I saw the Keo, Keo Boys video. Uh, you know, they, they went out, a journalist went out and found these, I, I call them knuckleheads, they're 15-year-old uh, inner-city youths that are stealing all these cars. And they said, why are you guys doing this? And they said, because nothing's going to happen to us. We're going to get away with it. We, it goes back to what I said a few minutes ago about the criminals feel emboldened. The bad guys feel like nothing's going to happen to me. Absolutely, I will look at a, a, a complete makeover of the, of the juvenile criminal system. Uh, why? Because it's what people want. One car stolen every hour, every day, 365 days a year here in Milwaukee. You know who's really concerned about that besides the people that live in Milwaukee? Business owners in Milwaukee are concerned about it. Restaurant owners are concerned about it. Sport franchises are concerned about it. Nobody wants to go down to town Milwaukee because they're afraid when they come out of the restaurant, when they come out of whatever they're doing, the sports game, that their car is not going to be there. I am not going to coddle criminals. Tony Evers, you know, he, he's coddling criminals. He wants to give them a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh chance. I'm a good Christian man. I'm for everybody getting a second chance. But when we have a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh chance, that means it's there's a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh crime that's being committed. And most importantly, there's a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh victim of those crimes. The governor, and I will as governor, stand up for the hardworking, taxpaying, law-abiding citizens of Wisconsin. We will get crime down. I will say it in my general election victory speech, and I will say it in my inaugural speech. I'm going to talk directly to the bad guys that there's a new sheriff in town, if you will. You're not going to get away with it anymore. If you're not willing to do the time, then don't do the crime. And I believe we can flip that switch, that's that switch that flipped two years ago when we moved towards defund the police and cops are bad. We can flip that switch back to law and order, and people can feel safer in their communities, safer in their homes, and safer when they're out with their families. Tim, to that end, I know as part of your, your campaign, and this hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but... You've been making a, a real concerted effort to reach out down here in Milwaukee County, and you're—I I, know—you you are regularly down here talking to you know different groups. Yeah, I, I, and I love it, Jeff. And why do I love it? Because I feel that the people in the inner city of Milwaukee are being underserved by the political class in Madison. I am going to be a governor for all the people of Wisconsin, from 
20th and National all the way up to Superior. I say 20th and National. I was there last evening. We were there uh, probably about 5.30, 6 o'clock at night. Uh, I was talking to people in the neighborhood, uh, talking to people standing on their front porch, sat there with them for 15, 20 minutes at each stop and, and, and listened to them, listened to their concerns. Uh, I'm, I'll work with anybody, anybody to fix the crime problem. But a governor has to understand what the frustrations are, what the concerns are of the people. So I, about every week I'm on the south side of Milwaukee. About every week I'm on the north side of Milwaukee. Uh, been up in Harumbe, uh, e- everywhere. I'm, I'm going to be a governor for all the people of Wisconsin, and I will work with anybody. I'll work with the Democratic mayor of Milwaukee, Cavalier Johnson. I'll work with the Democratic county executive of Milwaukee County, uh, David Crowley. I, I'm going to move above the partisan divide. I'll never ever compromise my conservative principles. But like Tommy Thompson, and Tommy Thompson has endorsed me, I talk to him frequently on this campaign trail, Tommy Thompson knew how to get things done. People loved it that Tommy Thompson rose above the partisan divide. That's what I'm going to do as well. Why? Because the people in the inner city of Milwaukee are suffering right now. They're suffering with a huge spike in crime, and they're suffering with terrible education. I'm going to fix all of that. Tim, we're kind of running out of time, but I, I, there's one more issue I want to touch with on before I have to let you go, or you left to let me go because of your schedule. I, I want to talk about taxes. Um, see the reports. You you are apparently open to taking a whole revamp of the state of Wisconsin tax system, maybe even moving towards a flat tax. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm going to do three things as governor. I'm going to put more money in people's pockets. I'm going to reduce crime, and I'm going to improve education. How are we going to put more money in people's pockets? We're going to do a massive tax reform package here in the state of Wisconsin. Right now, the people of Wisconsin, they're overtaxed. How do we know that? There's a $5.4 billion billion projected surplus in the state budget. Tony Evers is running around saying that's a good thing. Me, as a fiscal conservative, as a businessman, I say that's a bad thing. That means that the hardworking people of Wisconsin have been overtaxed by $5.4 billion dollars. I want to put that money back in the people's pocket. Let them spend that money where they want to spend it, on new washers and dryers or cars or goods and services. That will help this economy get cooking, as we say in the military, get this economy cooking on jet fuel. So I'm going to sit down with the smart tax people. I'm good at math. I'm a businessman. I can read a balance sheet. I can read an income statement. We are going to figure out the lowest level that we can get taxes to here in Wisconsin. Why is that good? Not only is it put more money in people's pockets, but it also is good for attracting new businesses to the state of Wisconsin. It's good for young people that are graduating from college, staying here in the state of Wisconsin. It's for maybe veterans that are getting out of the service saying, I'm going to go to Wisconsin now and work because I hear it's a great place to live, a great place to raise a family. This state has so much potential. I love Wisconsin. We have hardworking people here. We have a great work ethic. It's a great community. It's a great place to live. We need to have a governor that is going to make it better for the people in Wisconsin. I am going to put more money in their pocket. I'm going to lower crime, have safer communities, and we are going to have better schools in the state of Wisconsin. Tim Michaels, thanks so much for joining me this afternoon. Four and a half weeks till Election Day. Hope we can chat again sometime between now and then. Have a great day, everybody.